Do you have your Bible with you? Got a device in your hand? Got something to write with? Or look at your neighbor and say, take notes for me, hallelujah. <laughs> Going back to First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, the, you know, we're talking about today the high price of ingratitude. And Paul said this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Someone says, well, I don't know what God's will is. I need to pray and find out what God's will is. Well, there's a big part of it right there. Being in His will involves you being filled with gratitude, not because of all things, but in all things. Not everything you go through is of God. But everything you go through, you should be what? Filled with gratitude despite what you're going through. In 1 Samuel 12, 24, a reminder about how good God is. Be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things He has done for you. Say that with me. Consider what great things He has done for you. In Ephesians 5, 20, always giving thanks to God, to the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he's prescribing here gratitude all the time. Not part-time, but what? All the time. And in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Say it, I am thankful. In Colossians 2.7, and here's where it gets uh, challenging, Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And we've learned that abounding in thanksgiving is not an occasional thank you, Lord, I appreciate what you did, but increasing, ever increasing in your gratitude. Developing and constantly developing in your spirit of gratitude. The problem is, as the writers have mentioned throughout Scripture and prophesied, that the closer we get to the end, people are not going to be more gracious, more thankful. In fact, they're going to be Less grateful. It's actually a sign of the times. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 in verse 1, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, that statement you would think should follow with some, some pretty heinous and horrible things. Now, look what's on this list. But mark this, people will be lovers of themselves. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Lovers of money. That's where they have a wrong relationship with material things. They become an idol to them. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Your parents are saying, good news. Well, here's the tip. Keep your kid in the house of God. Keep them in the programming of God. Expose them to everything the church has instead of letting everything else preempt your church life. I deserve more preaching, amen, clapping than that. Hallelujah. Let me tell you why. Because the whole world is working against your kids. They've got a hold on the constantly the influences of the world and you need to be really proactive about keeping them in the things of God. Disobedient to their parents. I just uh, caught a video of a grandpa and some Karen put her, her phone in his face recording him. And she said, I saw you slap your granddaughter across the face. And he got right up in her face and said, my granddaughter was cussing in public. And he said, blankety blank. And he said, I slapped her because she was being disrespectful to her grandmother. Yeah. You know what I said to myself? You go, Grandpa. You go, Grandpa. You go. We're talking about abusing kids. But we're talking about understanding where this entire culture is going. And people who know their God should stand up and do the right thing. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Next it says ungrateful. Ungrateful and unholy. Say it with me. In the end times, people will become less grateful. Turn to somebody else and say, but not me. And there's a good reason for that today. Gratitude acknowledges God's goodness in the past. Can you do that today? It releases spiritual power in the present and connects us to the victory in the future that God has for us. 
The problem is people tend to dishonor what they stopped uh, you know, being grateful for. If they are no longer grateful for the word, they dishonor it. If they're no longer grateful for God, they dishonor it. If they're no longer grateful for the church, they dishonor it. If they're no longer grateful for people, they'll dishonor that. But you know, I've noticed something. When people are grateful for something, they treasure it and they take care of it. When you're grateful for your house, you take care of it. When you're grateful for your car, you take care of it. When you're grateful for your spouse, you take care of your marriage. Can I have an amen? amen? You're grateful for it, so you care for that. You have a great passion for that. The most Christians today, I want you to understand this, and I'm not decrying that there is no trauma, that there is no abuse. It is out there. But most Christians are not suffering at the hands of somebody else's abuse or some trauma. They're suffering because of their own ingratitude. And in framing this today, you'll see why from Scripture, why it is so dangerous to be a person that lacks gratitude. It is not you're just missing some kind of social convention or expectation of politeness. It is a supernatural force when you are a person of gratitude and it works against you when there's ingratitude in your life. It's a good day to get rid of all the ingratitude in your life. I said this is a good day to get rid of it all in Jesus' name. The high price of gratitude, we find this in Scripture in multiple places. Is that Star Wars? What is it? Well, at least it's Christmas. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think from now on, if the cell phone comes off and there's a song on it, that person should come up and sing it. I mean, who, who hasn't forgotten to fit, tell, you know, turn their phone off occasion? It's real fun when it goes off during a funeral. When that happens, there's two dead bodies. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen. When you look in Scripture, you see not just somebody doesn't keep a social convention and not polite, and so who, who cares, big deal. They're not a very nice person. That's not what you see. When people are not filled with gratitude in Scripture, it has horrendous consequences. For example, ingratitude leads to rebellion. If you don't believe that, just ask Korah and his ilk, who were literally swallowed up when the earth you know, opened up. Why? Listen to the Scripture in Exodus 16 of this type of spirit. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then in Exodus 32, 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. See, people think that they start with rebellion or they start with disobedience. It doesn't start that way. It starts with ingratitude. Are you here today? And gratitude leads to unanswered prayer. You know the scripture. We are not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When we don't have thanksgiving with our supplication, it counters the effectiveness of our prayer life and it leads to unanswered prayer. Some of you are just a minor adjustment away of having the most successful prayer life you've ever had by starting to be thankful when you're asking for things. And thankful for what you have received. Can I have an amen? Because gratitude is reactive. He did something for me, so I thank him. But it's also proactive. I'm going to thank him before anything is done at all. Ingratitude leads to broken relationships. So many people today are quick to label somebody abusive, toxic, completely out to lunch. They're a horrible person because of a few things they see in their humanity. But listen to this scripture. The Bible tells us that we're not to be lacking in mercy. It says, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. How does this work? I see humanity in you. I see something I don't like. So I have the right to cancel you, to be unmerciful towards you. Maybe if you're out there in the world. But in the church, you should be merciful to people. Well, how does this practically work? You bear down on what they did wrong, what they said wrong, and you forget everything they've ever done that's right. In other words, it's ingratitude leading to people canceling each other, labeling them as toxic, 
toxic masculinity. And can I tell you what that is? That's people afraid to see men and women of God acting like men and women of God. That's what that's all about. We don't need less toxic men. We need more toxic men. Men that will serve God and without apology can have an amen today. And this is what's going on. And it's bad enough it's out there in the world. I think about Lori Laughlin who helped her kid get into a college. You know, there's some backdoor financial deals. Went to prison, paid her dues. But you'd be amazed how quick the world is to beat up on its own and ravage them for a simple mistake in life. Thank God he doesn't treat us that way. I said, thank God he doesn't treat us that way. Well, let me help you out here. If he doesn't treat you that way, you shouldn't treat other people that way. Hold abusers accountable, deal with trauma, but walk in forgiveness and mercy because when you have ingratitude, you're going to have a string of relationships everywhere you go. Why do people get out of marriages in the country? Listen carefully. It's not because of adultery. It's not because of finances. It's not because of abuse. Most of them are because of irreconcilable differences. Can I help you with this? Immature, what? Ingratitude. You zero in on what's wrong with them. And lo and behold, you go and marry the second, third, fourth, and fifth person. And you find out you still have irreconcilable differences. Why? Because you carry your ingratitude in the next and the next and the next and the next until you learn that the problem is not in somebody else. It can actually be in our own hearts. Can have an amen. Again, there are people that are abusive and you shouldn't put up with it. Are you here today? But that's not the majority. That's these crackpots that tell you, well, you know what, you people that are pro-life and against abortion, well, what about the one that gets raped? What about the one with incest? That is 0.001% of the population getting abortions. 99.999 are elective for birth control. Let's get real about it. It's the same way with marriage. It's ingratitude. Look at somebody and say, you need to be happy because I'm in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and tell them, be grateful for me. Come on, smile and say, be grateful for me. You know you can't do better. Amen, just tell them like it is. Look at somebody and tell them, the search is over. Glory to God. Ingratitude leads to the hand of God being against you. Anybody here with raised hand want the hand of God? Against you? No. <laughs> Woman, put that hand down. <laughs> How many want the hand of God for you? Yes. Scripture says in Psalm 28, 5, because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord and what his hands have done, he will tear them down and never build them up again. I tell you, it's a terrible thing to have God bless your life and you don't even recognize it. Has he been good to you? I said, has it been good to you? Yes. How many want to see that hand of promise and blessing continue in your life? We've often said this and teach this. The anointing has a front hand and a back hand. Amen. You want the open hand of God. Glory to God. Number five, ingratitude leads to greed and lust. Most people think that lust and greed come first. But no, it is, it is actually, you know, a derivative of somebody's lack of gratitude for what they have. David basically illustrates this well, and there are psalms that are filled with, with David's uh, exclamations of thanks and praise for God. He, he definitely understood to thank God, but there are times when his lack of gratitude, you know, were his undoing. And when he's supposed to be out in war, and he's not, and he's in the palace, when he's up on top of the roof and he spies a, you know, a naked girl across the way, he should have been able to say to him, I don't need what somebody else has. God has been so good to me. But that's not what happened. He saw her. He desired her. He sent for her. And who's going to turn the king down? She comes into his presence. She gets pregnant. Then he tries to have her husband come in from the field and cover his sin. When that doesn't work, he sends him back out there with his own note of destruction to give to the general. And they pull back and leave him, you know, basically stranded there in front of the enemy where he is killed. Ingratitude caused a baby to be born, amen, across marital lines and caused a conspiracy to commit murder. Ingratitude. 
And if you don't believe it, listen to what Nathan said to him when Nathan called him on the carpet for it. And thank God David had a repentant heart. But listen to what, what he says here. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Look at somebody say, you the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. Ingratitude led to the lust. Just want a little bit more. Proverbs says the leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, land which is never satisfied, the water and fire which never says enough. And it's ingratitude that leads somebody to greed and to lust. Amen. When you're thankful for your spouse, there's no reason to go outside of your marriage. Can I have an amen? amen. When you're thankful for what God has given to you, you know that God will continue to increase you. He's always blessed your life. You don't have to be greedy for more and more and more. Well, Pastor Art, uh, I just thought being unthankful was not very kind and very gracious socially. No, it's far worse than that. Ingratitude leads to self-sufficiency. Don't need nothing. I'm just fine by myself. I can do it all. Revelation 3.17, because you say I am rich, and have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Self-sufficiency. I have a friend that uh, literally got saved under our ministry in Hopkinsville and his wife. Uh, he got born again, returned to the Lord to serve him with all of his heart. And he looked at me and he said, and he's now a United States chaplain, and I think he's at the rank of major now. But he said to me one time, he said, it's so hard particularly to reach military officers. And I said, why is that? Because, because they're so self-sufficient. You know, they've got their health plan, they've got their salary, and they've got their pension, everything's just perfect, and I know they're going to have a job, so they don't have need for God. I can tell you, everybody needs God. Yes. When you're not grateful, it leads to, I can do this, I can take care of this. I'll tell you this, if it's not now, if it's not this year, there's going to come a time where whatever you can do, you think you can do, is not going to be enough. You're going to need more of God, amen, in your life in that situation. So be filled with gratitude now, and don't rely on the arm of the flesh. Because it'll fail you. And then lastly, gratitude will lead to a loss of destiny. We all know that Moses sent in 12 spies into the land. And they saw that it was a good land. Amen. Brought back samples of the fruit. Everybody saw the same thing. It was good. But notice how 10 of them saw only the obstacles. The giants. The walled cities. The weapon systems against them. And that's the report they brought back. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. In Numbers 14, verse 27, How long will this wicked assembly keep complaining about me? I've heard the complaints of the Israelis that they've been murmuring against me. So tell them that as long as I live, consider this to be an oracle from the Lord. As certainly as you've spoken right into my ears, that's how I'm going to treat you. In other words, what you said in my hearing, I'm going to do. As certainly as you've spoken right into my ears, that's how I'm going to treat you. Your corpses will fall in the wilderness, every single one of you who has been counted among you according to your number from 20 years and above, who complained against me. You will certainly never enter the land about which I made an oath with my uplifted hand to settle you in it, except for Jephunneh, son of Caleb, and Nun's son, Joshua. Joshua and Caleb. How do you know that's the right spirit to have? What happens is when you continually murmur, bellyache, complain, and you're not filled with gratitude, your protection is lifted. And you don't walk into your destiny. The good news is God has destiny for every person in this room. God has a plan for every person in this room. But be grateful now. Stop saying, one day I'll be filled with gratitude. One day I'll be grateful. No, say it with me. I'm going to be grateful now. Everybody say right now. Instead of seeing the potential, all they saw were the problems. There are a lot of people like that. And that's why they're miserable to be around. They have baptized everybody around them in misery because of their negative attitude. You want to make sure that you are people who encourage others. 
with your gratitude. Can I have an amen? amen. I want you to find the book of Romans because I want to show you today the progressive destructive power of ingratitude. How many teachable, pliable, correctable people do I have out here today? Amen. I heard from this side. How many over on this side are teachable, correctable, pliable? The dynamic of the Word of God is that um, it's not always easy to hear, but if you'll discipline yourself to receive what God has to say, all He's trying to do is bless your life all the more. He's not trying to harm you. He's not trying to hold you back. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to encourage you with these things. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, You've heard us mention this scripture often. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is God's power unto salvation for deliverance from eternal death, the Amplified says, to everyone who believes with a personal trust and confidence, surrender and firm reliance to the Jew. This is from the classic Amplified. And also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith, that arouses to more faith, in other words, faith to faith, as it is written, the man who, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Shout it out. The just, the just shall live, live by, faith. by faith. And here's the kicker. The lifestyle of faith is a lifestyle of gratitude. You cannot separate them. And the way that we know this is the context that Romans 1.16 is given to us in. Understand this. I think Brother Copeland says it best. Thanksgiving is the big gun of faith. How many of you to pull out the big gun? When you put Thanksgiving in your heart and you let it come out of your mouth, it has the force, a very powerful supernatural force, and the dimension of your faith actually is benefited by the application of Thanksgiving in your life. In other words, if you're a faith person, you're going to be a person filled with gratitude. You cannot be a bellyacher, whiner, complainer, canceller, offended, unforgiving, bitter person and be a person of faith at the same time. You can't. You're either one or the other. So the person that gets hurt, offended, wounded, whatever, and then uses their platform to belittle others and tear others down and cancel others and criticize others, you know one thing about that person. They know nothing about the walk of faith. Nothing. Do you find somebody, though, that professes to be a faith person and they're filled with gratitude? It's not that they don't see people's faults and don't see things that are tied to their humanity, but they walk in grace and mercy towards those people you know, electing instead to value what is positive instead of, you know, canceling them for what is negative. There's enough of this out there in the world. It shouldn't be in the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling the church and be on your guard. It seems like everybody today with a YouTube channel and a Facebook channel and TikTok account, all of them doing the same thing criticizing that church, that doctrine, that preacher, this ministry, blah, 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 blah. But you know, when I read what Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. So here's my challenge to you. Do not entertain the voices that tear other ministries down. Don't listen to them. Instead, find something that's going to feed your spirit because they actually teach the word of God. Not one split second should a desk like this ever be used around the world to tear other ministries down. We don't agree with everybody. We can't possibly see everything eye to eye. It's impossible. Some of the songs we sing are from Elevation. Some of them are from Hillsong. Some of them are from Bethel, quite a few of them. And you have a voice out there that says, well, if you listen to a song from Bethel or you listen to a song, you know, from Hillsong, or if you let your congregation sing a song from Elevation, that means you agree with everything they teach. That's hogwash. Martin Luther took bar tunes and put Christian lyrics to it. And these same people have no problem seeing, singing a mighty fortress is our God 
And at the same time, they don't say that they agree with Luther on infant baptism and how they see communion. In other words, you can sing a song written by somebody without agreeing with everything they do because you're people of discernment in Jesus' name. I said you're people of discernment in Jesus' name. I tell you what we're going to be instead. Thankful for the ministries that are out there. Thankful they're leading us to a place of worship. They have errors and problems. That's between them and their God. Instead of wasting your time, listen to the naysayers and the critics and those that are not appreciative of the body of Christ in all of its forms. Can I tell you what? They all have warts. That's how deeply ingrained this thing is right now, acting just like the world. I tell you what you want to do is find ministries like the Victory Channel that will just feed you the uncompromised word all day long and you won't hear one person slam another minister of the gospel regardless of their background. That tells me everything I need to know. Are you here today? So important you understand. Because you let that stuff in, you're going to become just like that. You'll become what you listen to. Critic, bellyacher, complainer, amen, instead of a faith person. Here's the problem. Now that I'm done with my introduction. <laughs> Ingratitude, according to Paul's writing, has a domino effect in our lives. Going from bad to worse to unbelievable. And I'm going to show that to you today and encourage you as you walk out of this building to do so understanding that you can cultivate gratitude instead of being a person that's on the opposite page. Amen. Amen. Look with me, first of all, in verse 18 throughout verse 21. And write this down. Step one. of this domino effect. Refusal to glorify and thank the Creator. Refusal to glorify and thank the Creator. Say, I glorify Him. And I thank Him. For God's holy wrath and indignation are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative, for that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner consciousness, because God himself has shown it to them. For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made, his handiworks, so men are without excuse. Altogether, without any defense or justification, the Amplified says, because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. What do they do? They had a consciousness that there is a God out there, but they didn't glorify him, they didn't acknowledge him, and they didn't thank him. Now here's going to help you out when you deal with someone who claims to be an atheist or an agnostic. Their atheism and agnosticism did not start with a deduction that God doesn't exist or they don't know if God exists. Every human being has a built-in consciousness that there is a God. Every single one. Every culture, every land, every time frame, they all have an inner consciousness because of the witness of God's grand creation that there is a God. The atheism and the agnosticism comes because they don't acknowledge Him, they don't glorify Him, and they don't thank Him. And what happens is a person who does not acknowledge and glorify and thank God, now they can slip into atheism and be an agnostic. You have made the right decision. Not only to believe there is a God, but believe that what there is one God. There is one true God. But this entire slide into depravity happens because people do not glorify God and they're not thankful. Say, I'm going to glorify Him. I'm going to thank him. Step two. Everybody say two. They develop futile minds and foolish or darkened hearts. They're no longer able to see what is true and desire it. They have futility of thoughts. They see everything from a worldly perspective opposite to what the word says. 
and they're darkened in their understanding. They can't see clearly. They literally live in darkness. But it didn't start with futile thinking and darkened hearts. It started with ingratitude. That's how it started. But now it's moving into a deeper place in their life. Verse 18 through about verse 25, Romans 1. But instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, professing to be smart. They made simpletons of themselves. And by them the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. So no, we're not going to worship God. We're going to worship what God made. Are you here? Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonor of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the great power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So be it. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, it didn't start with futility of their thinking. The reason now their thoughts are against God is because they started with a lack of gratitude. And here's the key for you and for me. If we go down that path of being cancelers and unmerciful and unforgiving, we're going to go into the same place where our minds are not going to function correctly as well. Are you here? Step one, ingratitude and the failure to glorify God. Step two, futile minds and foolish hearts. Step three, sexual perversion. Notice that God never asked permission from a culture to speak the truth. Amen. And the Bible's not going to change no matter how many people protest it. In verse 26, the scripture says, For this reason God gave them over and abandoned them to vile affections and degrading passions for their women exchanged their natural function for an unnatural and abnormal one. And the men also turned from natural relations with women and were set ablaze, burning out, consumed with lust for one another, Men committing shameful acts with men and suffering in their own bodies and personalities, the inevitable consequences and penalty of their wrongdoing and going astray, which was their fitting retribution. And it's not just physical, it's spiritual, mental, emotional. It affects the entire being of the person when they've given themselves over to sexual perversion. But watch this, it didn't start that way. It didn't start with sexual perversion. Before that came futility of thinking, and before that came ingratitude. You say, I will never get involved in sexual perversion. Well, guess what? Become a person that's not grateful, and you're capable of anything. Are you here today? And now you've not just got same-sex relations and power to the pride flag and every kind of scenario I mean, you've got people engaging in orgies. You've got people that are engaging in open marriages. You've got people who are engaged in all kinds of illicit activity. Where'd that come from? Listen carefully. It all came from a lack of gratitude. God's not enough. God's way is not enough. God's parameters aren't enough. So we'll trample on those. I don't care how many preachers stand up with a pride flag behind them and say it's okay. What's the problem with people like me, they would say, is we just don't have revelation yet. No, the problem with people like me is we do have revelation, amen? And we also have a fear of God. And I can tell you this, that does not counter what Paul said. It still goes back to a lack of gratitude and it is not something God will or ever will sanction. Ever. This isn't about some political action committee. It's not about some policy here. I'm concerned about the people of God letting ingratitude slip into dark thinking, let it slip into darkened hearts, and let it slip into perversion. Every form of it. The reason that pornography has such a, a toehold in Western civilization right now is because of this very thing. Ingratitude. You will find out that almost everything you do that violates God's word can be traced back to a lack of gratitude in your heart. You'd be amazed what you will do when you're not a person that is filled with gratitude. The lines you will cross, the things that you will do. Amen. Isn't it better to put up warning lights 
Amen. Amen. Isn't it better to put guardrails up and tell people this is the way God asks us to live, not because it somehow hurts his feelings, but because it's so destructive to his people. Say it, step one. one. Refusal Refusal. to glorify God and thank the Creator. Step two, futile minds and foolish hearts. Step three, sexual perversion. Notice the lust came after the lack of gratitude. Are you here today? Step four, the reprobate mind. Scripture says in verse 29, And so since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God or approve of Him or consider Him worth the knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent but loathsome until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping, and covetous, greed, and malice. They were full of envy and jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, and treachery, ill will and cruel ways. They were secret backbiters and gossipers, slanders, hateful to and hating God, full of insolence, arrogance, and boasting, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient and undutiful to parents. They were without understanding, consciousness and faithless, heartless and loveless and merciless. Do you see this? Say it with me. Gossipers, backbiters, slanders. That should not be in your life. But watch this. If they are, it's because you're not a grateful person. Well, you don't know the person I'm married to. Well, let me help you out here. You married him. First of all. (laughs) Let me try that one more time. You married them. No preacher put a gun to your head. That's why it's so important for you to have a healthy premarital period with solid biblical counseling because even then it's hard. Without, it's ridiculously difficult. You'd be amazed how many people today will just, you know, go down the altar with no preparation at all. I mean, they'll get better training for their job at Burger King. And they walk in one day and say, well, I quit. Well, that's the mentality, isn't it? On paper, if you just look at this honestly, especially if you have to be married to a Christian, and I hope you are, can I have an amen? Amen. And that said, I know some people who didn't profess to be big churchgoers that put some of us to shame in terms of their good works and their love for other people. Are you here today? But you look at that spouse and you can do one of two things. You can look and record and think about all the things that are wrong. And you're going to be miserable. Now, unless you're like me, perfect, amen, an angel. (laughs) She says that, but she knows that's not always the case, amen. (laughs) You're going to have to make up your mind to intentionally focus on what is positive in that person's life. Well, I'm going to change them for Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, sure, you're going to change them. That's part of your problem. You married them thinking you're going to change them. Here you go, marriage tidbit won't cost you nothing today. Marriage does not fulfill you. It intensifies the condition you're in before you were married. If you were miserable before you got married, now you're miserable squared. (laughs) Amen. Now, You've got this inability to see anything but what is wrong. You've got to make a conscious decision to focus on what is positive. And trust that if God's going to do something about it, God will do it. If he's going to change somebody, he's going to change somebody as they're in his presence and in his word, not because you're pointing out everything they do wrong. It's better to live on the corner of a roof than with a what? A contentious wife. And it goes to you contentious men as well. <laughs> Amen. Just go into your little he shed, <laughs> lock the door, till you can compose yourself. Hallelujah. Say it with me. Gratitude, Gratitude. 
Not ingratitude. I mean, when you realize how far you can fall because of your lousy attitude, you wake up and you say some things need to change, not in everybody else, but in terms of my perspective. Amen? These folks now allow all manner of wickedness. They're depraved and unprincipled. That's what that word means, reprobate. Say it, depraved and unprincipled. And that's why they're able to do this. And the fact that you have, you know, historically, you know, even joke about it, even, you know, Saturday Night Live used to joke about Danny Carvey and the church lady. Where'd that character come from? That character came from somebody who typically would use their mouth in destructive ways because they don't have any gratitude what's going on in the house of God. I mean, a thousand things can be right in the house of God, but a person lacking gratitude will find that one thing. And the problem with that is, you can always find one thing. I said one thing. I mean, through the years, we've seen people just lavished with love by a congregation, supported in infinite ways. And the first time they had a bone to pick, that's the thing they focus on. Now watch this. You make any decision in life based on ingratitude, you're going to face consequences for it. Amen. Look at somebody and say, what a slide. Step one, you refuse to glorify and thank God. Step two, you have a futile mind and darkened heart. Step three, sexual perversion. Step four, a reprobate mind. And step five, you advocate for evil. Though they are fully aware of God's righteous decree, Psalm 1, verse 32. And those who do such things deserve to die. They not only do them themselves, but approve and applaud others who practice them. I never thought in my life that I would see people so-called of the cloth, ministers, praising abortion clinics, dedicating abortion clinics, praising so-called diversity when it violates the clear teachings of Scripture. In other words, if you go down far enough, it's not just you allow this and practice this, you become an advocate for it. And our land has filled with advocates of perversion. Advocates and applauding things that are not principles of Scripture, but violations of those Scriptures and of God's Word. And you say, I, I just would never be that way. You don't have to be that way if you stay filled with gratitude. But I'm going to ask you a simple question, class. Is Paul an apostle? Yes. Is Romans a body of believers? Yes. Who is Paul writing this to? So he is warning church folk what ingratitude can do if you yield to it. What happens if I choose instead all the days of my life to acknowledge God and glorify God and thank God? I stay away from darkness of thinking and darkness of heart. I stay away from perversion. I stay away from all manner of wickedness. I stay away from advocating for things that are completely contradictory to God's teaching. If I just stay filled with what? Gratitude. And I confess that I'm a thankful person. Look at somebody and say, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the person behind me. See, I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. I'm thankful when I get up. I'm thankful when I go to bed. I'm thankful in between. Thankful I have a job. Thankful I have a family. Thankful I have a church. Thankful they'll tell me the truth. Say it, thankful, thankful, thankful. When I go out to eat, I'm thankful. Y'all realize when you're sitting at a table and you offer a giving of thanks and asking God's blessing over that meal, that you're not praying just because he gave you a meal. You're praying for the nuts in the back that preserved it. Actually, took care of it and presented it to you. Amen? And if you ever had food poisoning, you're really serious about that blessing. <laughs> Pastor, they don't do anything back there. This will ruin some of y'all's dinner, but a few years ago, a steakhouse in Paducah had an employee urinating on steaks. 
Bon appetit, everybody. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, you better be grateful. <laughs> Said, I'm thankful everywhere I go. Thankful when I rise. Thankful when I go to bed. Thankful when I go to work. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, the key to, you know, this entire series is, is walking away with a handle on an approach to life where you maintain gratitude in your life. And if you do maintain gratitude, you're going to protect yourself from the slide in life that is precipitated because of a lack of gratitude. And it's key and central to this teaching. So I want you to take these away with you today and just write this down. Grateful people habitually seek God. They are people who go after him. They acknowledge and they seek God. Prayerlessness comes from thanklessness. When we're not filled with gratitude, we, you know, we don't find ourselves calling out to Him unless there's some kind of a crisis. Are you here today? So you seek Him. Say that I seek Him. What do grateful people do? They seek God. Number two, grateful people, you know, serve God. Their lives are about something besides themselves. They're engaged in ministry. They're engaged in the life of the local church. They're loving on people. They're helping people. They're quick to be involved in their lives. Why? Because they've understood that God has been so good to me, I want other people to have the benefit of being a part of a body. In other words, there comes a time when you walk in these doors, you're no longer the patient. I'll take a better amen than that. Uh, well, I've been coming 15 years. Can I be the patient for a little while longer, Pastor? I just want to just want to hang out and have people pat my head and beg me to be here and take care of all my needs. There comes a time where you switch from being just a receiver to being what? It's more blessed to give that love, to give that support. And the funny thing happens when you're like that, God makes sure that your cup stays filled. To stay a person of gratitude, you've, you've got to seek Him. That connection is where you're going to be a person that understands and has a right attitude and spirit about you. And it's a person who actually serves. You know, they're actually engaged in serving God and serving others. And not just on a Sunday service or during the church week, whatever the case may be, but every single day of your life. When you get up tomorrow, it's, it's not your job. You go as a servant of God. You're a representative of heaven wherever you are. And this world needs more and more representatives of the Lord. Amen? You get up with a positive attitude and you're grateful. And guess what? People will be attracted to your message when they see that you're a grateful person. Amen? You know, ingratitude is a people repellent. Mm -hmm. Number three, grateful people share about God. It's great that we sing about God's goodness, but start telling people about His goodness. Well, I don't want to be a brag. Well, you didn't do it. God did. Can you raise your hand and say God did something for you this year that was most outstanding? Was He good to you this year? You have a story. It starts with, I was lost, but now I am found. I am forgiven. And as one of His kids, this is what He did for me in 2023. He's a wonderful God. And He'll do the same thing for you. Brag on Him. Tell of his wonders. You know, people have complicated the whole idea of being a witness for the Lord. It's just telling your gospel story of how that gospel invaded your life and made all the difference in the world. You know, if you couldn't sleep, but now you can, you tell people, you know what? I used to take all these sleep aids, you know, and now I just lay my head down, amen, and just like that, I am out. I can lay my head down, and five seconds later, I'm asleep, and Kelly just can't believe it. She'll try to say something to me a minute later, and I won't hear a word she's saying. And then she'll say something like, no one can fall asleep that fast. I can't praise the Lord. I've been blessed with sleep. I have the gift of sleep. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you don't know how precious that is. For the world filled with so much anxiety, they can't ever find a place of peace and rest. Are you here today? You're bound up by something? Tell people how God set you free. Oh, people who don't want to hear my story, you'd be amazed how many people out there need to hear your story. You couldn't put two nickels together and God came through for you time and time 
and time again. Hi, everybody out there is doing just fine. Are you kidding me? People are struggling, you know, with, with bacon that costs 10 bucks, amen? Diesel fuel costing, what now, is it 5 $6 a gallon? I can't know what it is. It's crazy out there. They're hurting out there. Your testimony, what God did for you, is needed. They'll begin to turn to him and say, you know, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me as well. Anybody here ever been healed? Ever by God? You know it was God. Come on, say, it was God. It was God. You give credit to whom? To God. God will use people, but God is the one that gave the ability and the talent and the technology. It is God. Gratitude towards others, yes, but God. And you'll tell your story. Amen. How this was impossible, but God came through. Oh, nobody wants to hear my story. I'm telling you, they'll want to hear your story. Let me help you out here. Don't confuse how your family feels about you with the need of the rest of the community. Don't think because family doesn't care to hear what you got that nobody else out there does. Sometimes your family can be the biggest you know, hindrance to you. They've known you forever. And not all of them are people filled with gratitude. All they see is what you did wrong. Amen? But that person out there who's strung out on drugs that you got set free, they don't care about what happened when you were 10 years old or 5 years old. They want to be free. Turn to somebody and say, don't take your cues from family. Take them from what? Now, if you're in a household of faith and your family's all serving God, that's a wonderful thing, but not everybody has that blessing. Some of y'all are pioneers. I said, some of y'all are faith pioneers. You're the first through the gate. Here's the word of prophecy for you. You're not going to be last in your family. And you'd be amazed how many people are looking at you. And you're going to be the key influencer when they finally make up their mind, I'm going to go after God and serve Him with all of my heart. They may not even tell you, at least not initially. But God used you, amen, to reach them. Say it, grateful people. Seek God. Serve God. And share what God has done. And last, grateful people are sowers. They sow. They always have in their hearts and in their practice in their lives a thank offering to Him. Everybody say a thank offering. He said in Psalm 50, 23, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. And to the blameless I will show my salvation. Psalm 50, 23, Psalm 54, 6, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. Everybody say offering, a thank offering. Here's the point, that gratitude is not just a social construct or platitude for social etiquette. It is a force. And the way you cultivate in your life is by making sure that you seek God and that you share Him, that you serve Him, but you also are quick to be a sower. In other words, a person of gratitude is not somebody who's thankful in their heart. They're active in their gratitude. Say it, they are active in their gratitude. What God has done moves them to action, moves them to seek Him and to share Him and to serve Him and to sow. You know, people who understand this principle are never going to have a problem with tithes and offerings because they understand, I could never repay Him. I could never honor Him enough. I could never thank Him enough for what He has done. Scripture shows some general categories of reasons that, that we would give Him a thank offering in our life. The first, in gratitude for deliverance from some sickness. Raise your hand if you've ever been delivered from some sickness. Deliverance is the key. Raise it up high. Say, I've been delivered from some sickness. Yeah, it's easy to forget about these things. I said it's easy to forget about these things. But they offer him a thank offering because of what he did. You're not buying anything. He's the doer. You're just recognizing and thanking him for that. Scripture says he sent out his word and healed them. Psalm 107. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. When you've been delivered from sickness, part of what you should do is offer him a thank offering. 
Not a tithe. It's not the tithe. It's not some missions commitment. It is something he puts in your heart to say, God, I'm so thankful for what you have done. Don't ever miss an opportunity to offer God a thank offering when he has touched your body. When he has healed your emotions, when he has helped you in your mind. Stop and say, yeah, I'm a giver, I'm a tither, but I'm going to not just seek and not just share and not just serve. I'm going to sow, I'm going to offer a thank offering. This is the, the heritage of the Judeo-Christian ethic. This is how your brothers and sisters out there, amen, this is how your, your Jewish friends and those that you love in that community have lived all their lives. This is the example of Scripture. Raise your hand again if you've ever been touched in your body, in your mind, your emotions, and you know it was God. What you want to do is, is acknowledge that. And you don't bring attention to yourself. You just do it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've had a physical, mental, emotional, or relational healing this year, you want to make sure that you, you know, process that and thank him, recognize that. That's the heart of gratitude. The second type of category is the gratitude for deliverance from trouble. Anybody here ever been delivered from trouble? Yeah. Raise it up high. I've been delivered from trouble. Not only would they offer a thank offering for deliverance from sickness, they'd offer a, a tribute to God, an offering, a thank offering, because they have been delivered from some kind of trouble. When they pass through the water, God should be honored with a thank offering. When you pass through the desert and the wilderness and he provides, you should have a thank offering. When everything's bearing down against you and you are being assaulted and attacked and God delivers you, there should be a thank offering from your heart to him. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you and you will honor me. Let me see your hands again. You've had some kind of trouble in this past year. Aren't you glad God was there? Yeah. And now you know he's not done. I said he's not done. He will complete the work that he began in you. In that situation, he will do it. But right now you should say, I am going to thank him. Not just with my mouth. Not just with my heart. Not just with me seeking him. Not just with me sharing what he's done. Not just with me serving him. I am going to sow a thank offering and honor to what he has done. This is a principle that will absolutely set you free if you grab a hold of it. If you allow God to give you revelation on how powerful something done in gratitude to him actually is, it's amazing. Hallelujah. Say it. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. Add to that, I'm a thank offering giver. Deliverance from sickness, deliverance from trouble, and gratitude for deliverance from death. Some of you went through an amazing bout with sickness. We had some people that went to heaven during COVID. I would dare say that there's hardly a church, an organization, a workplace that didn't have somebody that, that uh, left us in that season. But I want you to understand the devil didn't get them all. And there's some sitting in this room and you were not just figuratively, spiritually, conceptually delivered from death. You were literally plucked out of the devil's hand and you're here today with breath because God has something for you to do. Am I right about it, Steve? Yes. You talked to the doctors who've handled his COVID treatment. He was within just a few hours of being put on a ventilator and you know what happens when that happens. But here he is. And should we thank God for it? Yes. Yeah, we should thank God for it. We should thank God for what he's done. There are other people in this church that have been right up to the edge of death with cancer. And you're here. And you're alive. Amen. The devil tried to take Ruthie out, but the devil did his best, but his best wasn't good enough. Amen. Not maybe conceptually, but literally delivered from death. The attacks of the enemy and the circumstances of this world. What should that do? Yeah. Seek him. Yeah, share what God did. Yeah, serve God. But offer unto him a thank offering. Solomon's dedication of the temple. Animals in the tens of thousands. 
paid for by his own expense to offer unto God thanks for what he had done. Amen. There are people here today, you're facing things and the devil tried to tell you he's going to take you out and you're never going to make it, but you're going to proclaim in Jesus' name, I shall live and not die in Jesus' name. Say it, I shall live and not die. Some of you are being beat up so bad emotionally and mentally that you feel like you're dying a little bit every single day. You will not die. You will live and proclaim the glory of God. But you've been set free this way. Any Christian who has been set free from death itself should go to God with a thank offering. And what that looks like and how much that is and how that is said, that's between you and the God that's prompting you. I'm just simply telling you, when God has done something like that, our response should be, yeah, I'm going to seek you, share, I'm going to serve, but I'm also going to sow, I'm going to honor you with that thank offering. Amen. And if you hadn't had that experience, praise the Lord. But you know, God has done something. You have been delivered from something. Everybody in this room has had an exodus of some kind. He was faithful to get you out and he's been faithful since you've been out. And we need to learn not to let those opportunities go by. Part of our stewardship, yes, tithing, yes, giving, part of our stewardship should be you know what, God, you've been so good to me. And what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to offer to you thanksgiving, not just in my words and in my heart, but in a practical sense. I tell you, it touches and it moves the heart of God. And it keeps you in that place of gratitude in your heart, in your life. The thank offerings can be reactive, which means, God, you did this deliverance, you did this deliverance, you did that deliverance, and so I'm going to offer a thank offering because of what you did but thank offerings like gratitude in general can be proactive. Some of you are facing battles. You can actually proactively thank him with a thank offering. What did Brother Copeland say? Thanksgiving is the big gun of faith. Say it with me. It's the big gun. Not the tiny gun. It's not the cat gun. It's the big gun of your faith. Praise God. Um. I mentioned last week, and I don't mind sharing to those of you who weren't around here, that uh, you know, just a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, I uh, started to notice there was something in my eye that looked like it shouldn't be there. You know, when one-third of your eye is disappearing from your sight and your right eye, something's not right. And uh, there literally was one appointment available to see you know, an op- you know, optician that day. And I got that appointment. And and left, and a half hour went to that appointment. They took the high flute and images of my eye and said, you know what the problem is? You've had a retinal tear, and your retina has detached. And matter of fact, the way it's moving, if it's not dealt with in a matter of hours to a day, you won't have any sight whatsoever in that eye. So I want you to go immediately down to Nashville the next day. The next day I did. Um, The healthcare provider was available the, the operating room was available. One of the best eye surgeons in the world was available. And most importantly, my God was available. Amen. I said my God was available. Amen. And other than needing glasses for reading, that kind of a thing, not for reading, but to see things distant, I you know, never had a problem with my eyes at all. This was completely a shock and completely you know, weird. And so I go in there, and 30 hours, you know, 30 hours, 30 minutes later, it was a big surgery. You know? <laughs> they replaced my brain too while they were there, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I came out. Um, he comes out to talk and he says, uh, you know, everything to Kelly went real, real well. And, um, you know, they, what they do, most of you know the procedure is they have to first uh, put something in there to, to flatten the retina back against the back of the, the eye wall. And that is some kind of a propane derivative bubble, basically. And then they go in with a laser. Thank God that propane's not... <laughs> Not kind of to blow up on you. <laughs> and they go in there with a laser and they repair that uh, tear and any other weakness. And then pressing that against the, the uh, you know, the retina back to the light wall, it begins to, to take and to heal. And then slowly that thing begins to disappear. Some of you may have had this procedure. And a few days ago, the bubble disappeared altogether. And what's funny is I now see better out of this eye than I did before. <laughs> uh, now, 
be before I was thankful, that day I was thankful. Yeah, I was thankful someone's available to see me. I was thankful that I was able to get to a world-class operation like that. I was thankful the whole time. But I'm telling you that in a situation like that, our, our, our gratitude boils over into the giving of a thank offering for what God did. You isolate that thing and say, God, I recognize this is you. When my dad was sit by a Mack truck, a uh, steel truck in uh, near St. Louis years ago, and his retina was detached, this procedure didn't exist. So he lived the rest of his life with one eye, and he still beat me in golf. That's embarrassing, but that's the truth. <laughs> but you say, what do you, what do, you do? You, you that have been through things, uh, listen to what God is saying to you. Absolutely grow and excel in your gratitude by saying you were there and I thank God you were there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God because of what you have done because I want other people to know how good you are as well. Amen. Has God been good to you? I said, has God been good to you, church? Amen. So you're going to be grateful and stay grateful because the domino effect is severe. Yes. We don't have to be like that, do we, church? Say, I am thankful I am in my thoughts. thoughts. Say, I am thankful, I am thankful in my words. words. Say, I am thankful, I am thankful in my service. I am thankful in seeking God. Say, I am thankful, I am thankful in sharing His goodness. I am thankful in sowing seeds of gratitude in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, and that's what's in my heart today because God has been good to me. <laughs> you know, people criticize Jesse the planet. You know, his pat answer is don't blame me. God did it. Take it up with him. Look at somebody and say, take it up with God. <laughs> He's the one that did it. Say it with me. He's the one that did it. Hallelujah. Say it. I'm thankful. How thankful are you? Very thankful. Glory to God. Give him a big hand clap if you can receive that. <laughs>